I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, an inspiring and enchanting journal-like book that I hope you will enjoy. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 482, A Year in a Life. And really, this show will be about a specific book, but I didn't want to use the title of the book as my show title. So if you heard the previous show, you know that I decided to split the show because of length and pick up again with this episode. If you are just catching this one and did not hear 481, I would start there. That show really is the beginning to this show. And I always forget, so I should mention things at the beginning. I tried to tell myself this. I am Amy. I do say that. And you can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. And I do share hashtag illustrate your week every Sunday there. And those prompts appear once a week. And we are wrapping up 2022 now, last couple of weeks. But I do plan to continue in the new year. So I hope you will consider it. And really, you do want to go back and catch the previous episode. So today, I won't get sidetracked by a longer intro. Instead, I want to talk about a book that is not new to me and not new to some of you, but that I recently looked at again. And so here we are. When Wanderers Cease to Roam, A Traveler's Journal of Staying Put by Vivian Swift. That is the book. And it is a book that enchants me every time I pick it up. I checked it out a while back because I wanted to look at it again, specifically in the context of November and some of the ways I've tracked light in the past, some of the ways I have wanted to track light based on what I've done, and especially thinking about the way Vivian Swift uses color and uses watercolor and small vignettes. So that is why I pulled the book again. It is a book I hold really close to my heart and my head, but I pulled it specifically thinking about November and light and this desire I have had to work a little more with color. And then I didn't do any of those things. I didn't do any of that this year. November didn't unfold the same way, and that's okay. So I was going to just return the book this time without talking about it because the year has gotten so short. But I took it with me one day when I needed to wait in the car, and there is something so magical and whimsical about this book. I have looked at some of her other books, and they are wonderful too, but... They do not strike me the same as this one. So this one specifically is one that I think is really special. And while it may or may not speak to you at all times of the year, I think that you might especially enjoy it during winter, during the long, quiet, still, cold months. So again, the book is called When Wanderers Cease to Roam, A Traveler's Journal of Staying Put. There is a little bit of irony that this is the Traveler's Journal of Staying Put. It feels ironic now. 
there's irony in the title anyway. Of course, you're supposed to think of it as sort of ironic, this traveler's journal of staying put. But I saw it many years ago for the first time back when I was doing my own personal year of wander, and it completely hooked me then. But I look at it so differently now. After the pandemic years, those years were, for almost everyone, years of staying put. And a lot of people kept journals in those years. And there's something really interesting about this title now in that context, on the heels of all of that, a traveler's journal of staying put. I see it almost in a new way, I think. I respond so much to this book because it is a book of staying home, not because of the travel or non-travel aspect. It is because it is a book of staying home. So this book tracks through the year, a whole year. It goes month by month. And in some cases, it goes day by day. There are lots of daily, little bitty short notes that are entered about the specific day of a month, what time the sunset was, what it looked like outside, what birds she saw, what the weather was like, and so on. But what always stands out for me in this book are the small watercolor vignettes. They appear in all kinds of ways, but I am especially always drawn to the natural scenes. There are scenes of trees, there are scenes of light, there are scenes of the countryside and the surroundings, and so you get these little thumbnails juxtaposed. That's one of the things she does specifically is uses small thumbnails of these things she is painting. And so you see a bunch or several different views of whatever it is, not just a single page watercolor, although there are some of those too. But I'm always especially enchanted by these small thumbnails. It's so beautiful. And in some places, these little vignettes are interspersed in and around her text. But she also has other standalone things, other paintings, like a whole page of lost mittens, a page of birds in the air, a page on winter coats. This is an illustrated journal of sorts. It does follow the path of a year, a year at home. There are inclusions of wardrobes and clothing choices, music for different contexts, quotes that go along with the time of the year, very interesting ways of visualizing things too. For example, in March, there is a whole page of watercolor stripes that correlate with different kinds of basically dirt, different kinds of mud, the color that she's associating with different kinds of mud that she experiences and associates with March. There's a page on TV. There's a page on the anatomy of a teacup. There are little vignettes where she is reminiscing about something or putting something in context of a date or a year from her history and memory. There is a page about rain and illustrations of eight different types of rain that you might experience. Pouring, drenching, drizzle, spritz, driving, dripping, soaking, mist. I think these vignettes are so wonderful and breaking things down and differentiating between these things and categorizing and illustrating. It's amazing. And it's really beautiful and thought provoking. Rain is not just rain. There is a lot in this book. And I've talked in the show and to some of you before about this one. This is a book that I think you can take inspiration from in different ways. Every time you pick it up, something else will jump out at you. 
Something will speak to you that maybe is exactly right for you at that time. You don't have to read through it cover to cover. You can certainly flip through it. You can just look at certain months or you can sit and read it straight through. You can just look at the illustrations or the headlines. That's one of the beautiful things about an illustrated journal or sketchbook anyway. You have the ability to scan in that way and hone in on things that catch your eye. And because of that, every time you pick it up, your experience will probably be different. In November, there is a watercolor strip of different types of trees in their leafless barren state. And it's very simple, but very beautiful. You see in a row the shape and structure of a pine tree, an oak tree, a linden tree, a poplar tree, a birch, a maple, a willow, a walnut, and a chestnut. You see their differences. You see their bones. There are also unexpected entries in this book, things that you don't expect, like a memoir in blue, in five minuscule chapters is how she describes it. So there are five little entries on different types of blue. There is a note in December about halcyon days. It jumped out at me this time. And it says, quote, halcyon days are the 14 days of tranquility in December that are caused, according to legend, by the power of the kingfisher to calm the seas so that she can build her nest on the still surface of the water. And then on the facing page, we see a halcyon, the mythical bird, an illustration of that and a note about its coloration. I was thinking that at the start of this book that she explained the context of this traveler's journal of staying put. I was thinking that there had been an introduction and there's not, but the notes appear in January where she says that for a while she was a traveler. She talks about some of the places that she's traveled and then she says, then I came to live in a little village on Long Island Sound and I discovered my winter mind. And with it, I discovered the rest of the year. And then on the same page, she writes, quote, 10 winters is what I'm talking about. 10 summers, springs and falls too. Whenever I would wonder, where do I go now? The only good answer was, don't go, stay put. And every month there was a good reason to do just that. In January, I stayed because of my winter mind. End quote. And that phrase is so wonderful, the winter mind. And it brings to mind another book called Wintering, which I will link in the show notes. And I started Wintering last winter. And definitely it's a book that I want to return to. So I will link that too. If you look at other books by Swift, you will see that they are much more about traveling literally, traveling to other places and documenting those places. But I am particularly drawn to this one about quiet things, about home, about staying put. And from what I just read to you, you also get the sense and understand that this is a compilation, this journal. There were 10 winters and 10 summers and 10 springs and 10 falls that you get the sense have all been encapsulated into this one view of a year. I like some of the months best. I do have some favorites, but I enjoy the whole book. And I just wanted to mention it again before I take it back. And now in the context of December, of the start of cold winter months for many of us, and in this month that leads into January and into commitments made and goals set, projects being selected and chosen and determined, outlined and committed to in the new year. 
The original episode that included this book was 2017 episode 240, a show called Copic and Ballpoint. You might also go listen to episode 352 on Samantha Dion Baker's Draw Your Day. And this book has come up many times. There have been many, many shows where I have also talked about illustrated journaling, but those two jump out as ones you might look at. I also looked at a children's book this month called A Little Bunny and the Magic Christmas Tree by David Martin and illustrated by Valerie Gorbachev. And it is a very sweet book. I miss the days of children's books so much. As some of you know, I talked about them all the time in the early days of the show when I had younger children. I pulled so many children's books and we had so many children's books. I love to pull them from the shelves, pick them up, check them out, look at the illustrations, read the sweet stories. So I encourage you to be checking out stories, picture books, and just enjoying them. If it is something that you've enjoyed in the past, it is okay to remember that you enjoy such things. And so before you know it, we will be at the end of the year. And that seems to be hard to believe in a lot of ways. As most years are, though, it has felt both fast and slow, but mostly fast. Feels like it went really fast. And yet it feels like it was a fairly still year. That is for me, your experience might be very different. I guess it was a year of re-emerging for a lot of people. For us, that didn't really happen and nothing really changed. Feels like things got quieter and quieter and narrower and narrower. The tree stayed up and I'm so very glad. And now as the year draws to an end, we are grappling with things in new ways. I always think at times like this about the future of what I'm doing with the show. I do post usually a very basic set of questions for end of year reflection the last week of December, and also a set of planning questions for the new year. And I plan to do those things again. So look for those. I always encourage also an end of year sketch note, a sketch note that summarizes your creative year. You can do one about your personal year too, of course, but a creative focused one can be wonderful and empowering It can be fun to put together and offers a really nice visual look at your year and the projects you did. You probably did more than you think, and you may have taken classes or workshops or done challenges, short ones or long ones, or tried different mediums or focused on a range of projects. And when you pull all of that to a single page or to two pages, it's pretty cool. And really makes you feel good about everything you actually did try or accomplish in your creative life. Some years I end up just too busy to do it, even though I want to do it and I haven't always managed to bring it about, but I always hope to because that snapshot becomes a really good bird's eye view of how the creative year went. I happen to have been looking in Notion recently and saw my 2022 goals which I didn't even necessarily remember I had set up. That says a lot. Goals are interesting. Planning is interesting. But I also found other things recently. And in poking around in files and some notes and trying to begin a process of organizing some things, I was looking at some notes 
through the years with the kids. And one of these fairly short ones that I read was just a little note about drawing with Matthew and what he picked for us to draw and how important it was to him in that moment, the picking. And then another similar note about drawing with him and talking to him about drawing from photo versus life and what we decided to go and draw and his excitement about it and his little boy wisdom. Things I don't remember until I saw these notes. I didn't remember these moments. I'm so glad that I have these notes. I'm sad, though, that they are so disorganized and that they are spread among dozens of systems and hundreds of notebooks in such a mishmash of digital and handwritten and now illustrated formats, all these different and disparate bits and pieces. And I know in reality that it probably will never matter. I know that. The logical part of me knows that. But part of me wants to have this holistic thing. There's this wishing and longing within me to somehow have everything in a system that makes sense, that brings it all together, that can be holistically read or looked at and understood for myself and for my kids should they ever care down the road. I'm sure a lot of us feel this way, and yet I know a lot of people don't have this longing at all. I know some people toss their notebooks and old journals, but I know some of you understand this feeling, and I'm sure many of you have this mishmash of records and formats, especially if you're like me and you do a lot digital, you type a lot of your stuff, but you also have all these little notebooks. So been thinking about it. December is definitely a thoughtful month, a thought-provoking month, a month that invites reflection and makes us sometimes stop and really think about where we are, what's coming, what it all means, what we're doing, what matters. I truly hope you have a peaceful December. I truly hope you have a healthy December. I truly hope that you move calmly and with grace throughout your December and into your new year. And at the same time, I am sure that wishing peace and good health simply doesn't fit for everyone. And I am someone who just doesn't like gloss. I don't like to gloss things with such simple sayings. I was considering prompts for one of the upcoming weeks, and I happened to Google something that didn't make a lot of sense. I don't remember what my thought process was, but what I found is that there are hundreds of sites, pages you can go pull up that each have hundreds, you know, it's 75 of this or a hundred of this wishes you can include in a holiday note that you would need to go and find those the way someone else has said them. I'm still processing this. I do wish you peace and health and calm and mindfulness and all of that. And yet I know that some of these things are probably not your reality right now. But I do wish you peace. I think the best we can do, the best we can wish to other people without sounding completely trite, is the ability to take things step by step, one step at a time, to remember to breathe, to find things that matter to you in terms of self-care or mindfulness, things that help you slow down and balance. So I wish for you all of those things. For all the times that you have listened to the podcast or given me a word of support, I thank you. Have a happy December. 
I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for this episode. I am glad that I split them. And I do hope that you have a happy December. And I do hope that you find ways to slow down and maybe to make a note. As always, I'm Amy. You can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Heidless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy, and I do share hashtag illustrate your week there. And other things like the end of year questions and planning questions and even the sketch note prompt, I do put those at Instagram. I usually put them on the blog as well. Thank you to those of you who have supported the show in any way through Ko-fi or Patreon or the Amazon wishlist. And I do appreciate the few of you who supported the show recently in response to the December prompts. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. And don't forget to breathe.